0: Thank you for being with me today. I'm excited to be here, as always. So obviously, we discussed the year in review, what what's ahead, and we realized we need to take a little bit of a deeper dive into the buyer agency lawsuits, what these mean. We realized, to us, it's a big deal. We're, we are getting a lot of questions, but there are a lot of agents who are just so busy. They haven't really had a chance to dive in to understand, yeah. what is this, what is this, and what am I telling my clients? So yep. we wanted to do sort of like a mini episode right now that if you're a real estate agent anywhere in the country, you should listen to this. We'll give you the quick overview. What is this? What should you be looking out for? What, like, how can we be talking about this? And also if you're a consumer and you're curious, I would listen to this too, because I've had a lot of questions from a lot of different people. Um, So without further ado, can you just give us the overview on the what, like, what is this? And what are we talking about for someone that hasn't somehow heard of this yet?
1: I can. And I'll tell you, my mom was one of the people who started asking me about this when she she heard it. And we've been seeing this coming for a while, by the way. These lawsuits have been brewing for a while, um, MLS PIN in particular, which is the MLS that covers um, the the most populous area in Massachusetts uh, was one of the the people in the lawsuit, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the lawsuits. So um, we've been watching this knowing that this was coming. And I'll tell you, it went from important and not urgent for most people to suddenly Important and urgent, and that's why it's it became the talk of the town uh, this fall. And so, what what has happened is there are uh, there are a number of different lawsuits. So it really depends on the perspective of the individual lawsuit. But just generally speaking, there is a complaint coming from primarily consumers that there was confusion over how buyer agents were paid, mm-hmm. and in just important to note in none of those lawsuits did people say i really thought he or she were volunteering <laughs> so they knew they were being paid there's no question about that the question is how when by whom how much all of those kinds of questions and and so it, this really has driven a number of these lawsuits and um, and they are primarily attorney driven is what we're seeing. So, uh, class action lawsuits are big money in the United States. And so, uh, that's really the basis for these. And so Sitzer Burnet was the most famous one. Um, and it was the lawsuit that, that really brought this concept, this, this confusion into mainstream media. So it got covered by the wall street journal and New York times and other major publications. And um, so in that case, what what has happened, I think it's important to back up just a second. And I know this is a quick lawsuit, so I'm going to do this. I mean, the quick podcast, rather. So I'm going to do this the best I can to make it really fast. Um, But you kind of have to look back at the history of how we used to work as an industry. And Mm -hmm. that was that there was really only seller agency in the past and sub-agency. So in other words, if you signed up a listing, you were working for the seller, And if you were an agent who brought another another client over, you were working as a sub-agent. So that is uh, what was going on before buyer agency existed. Then suddenly, with good reason, there was confusion over, wait a minute, Who does this other person work for? Who are they advocating for? Do I, as a buyer, have an advocate? And so that's when buyer agency was born, where an agent said, listen, my loyalty is to you. You are my priority. I'm going to help you, advise you to make decisions that are better for you. And so that's where buyer agency came from. However, the payment was still coming out the way it had been before. And the reason is because um, in certain loans and conforming loans, you cannot finance a buyer agent commission. So for a lot of people who are in the marketplace, they really wouldn't be able to afford to pay, in many cases, a buyer agent. So they would go unrepresented, um, which is, I don't think, ideal. Um, I believe very strongly in buyer agency. So uh, in other words, that there was a shift in the industry, but the money path didn't follow. And that's simply where we were. So there was confusion among some consumers about how the buyer agent was going to be paid. Now- our agents and a lot of our agents really have been looking at this for a long time. And some of the agents were were using buyer agent agreements right from the start, explaining all this stuff. Um, And, you know, and so some agents are really good at at doing that around the industry. Others apparently were not. And so what we ended up with were a number of consumers saying, I have questions about this. I want to know who did I pay? How did I pay them? And all of that. And that's really Mm -hmm. kind of the basis of the lawsuit. The one that affected our MLS MLS pin which was settled early that was really the first of the lawsuits about this stuff to be settled uh was really about um whether or not you could offer zero commission or a lower commission to a buy side agent as a as a seller as a listing agent. So um so really that's kind of where that one was is was a little bit different. It was much more about uh what is the process here. Um, but generally speaking, that's really what these suits are about. Now as far as I'm concerned, The reality is this is just one more step toward transparency. People Mm -hmm. knew the agents were being paid. There's no question about that. Nobody thought this was a a volunteer circumstance. So, but what they've asked for is transparency about how, when, by whom, how much, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And this is just another example of something we've seen, again, that desire for transparency over the years. When I first started in this business- there was no MLS sharing listings all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, each company would manually enter, if they even had a website, <laughs> they manually entered the listings into that website. So there wasn't a great way as a consumer, other than picking up the newspaper and kind of culling through the ads, there was no way that you could actually see what listings were available. Mm -hmm. And when the internet and and that kind of information distribution became available, consumers said, we want to see it all. We -hmm. want to know what's available and how much it costs. And and the next step was, we want to see a thousand pictures on each of these things. You know, we don't want to see one picture of the front and try to guess whether or not we should go see this house. Mm -hmm. And so then we saw that kind of activity, that the more photos there were, the more videos, the more imaging there was about each property, then the more eyeballs it would have and the longer consumers would spend on that individual property. So there has long been a desire for that kind of transparency. We've even seen it in the mortgage business. You know, um, after what, everything that happened in 08, there were irresponsible lending practices. One of the ways that they they attempted to solve some of those problems were through the TRID uh, Act that they put together. So all of a sudden, consumers had uh, more disclosures and some time to really kind of go through the mortgage documents and and everything that they were committing to. So, um, So this is, again... I really think this whole thing is really just about transparency and that the companies that do the best they can to be more transparent are going to do well because consumers are going to feel more comfortable with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So it is, I think that that's such a good way to summarize it is just, that's why it matters. Um, that's why you, that's, that's the main thing you should be focusing on if someone brings it up or honestly bring it up yourself. Everything is about transparency. We're professionals. Um, I can walk you through exactly how this works. And that's just be proactive um, so that those conversations that we're sure we have them. So with that, there's pieces of, there's ways you can officially do that and let people know, obviously with buyer agency agreements. Um, So can you talk me through what we're doing as an organization to be sure Mm -hmm. that we're getting out ahead of this?
1: Yep. So in addition to just educating our agents and then Through them, their clients, about what's going on, because we think it's important that people understand what's happening. In addition to that, we're actually encouraging all of our agents to work with buyer-agent agreements. And the reason is because we want everybody protected. You know, we want the the buyer to be protected. We want the buyer-agent to be protected. Last thing I want is for those guys who sacrifice a lot of their personal time to really try to help their clients. Last thing I want to have happen is for them suddenly to not get paid on a deal because um, the, the consumer went and worked with somebody else not understanding that the agent who's been doing all that work for them only gets paid if they actually help them move and and close on the property. So, mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we're all working with those documents just like we work with listing documents. So, we've been trying to help our agents make a practice of doing that and working with buyer agent contracts. Um, And so that's really the primary push. But again, a huge portion of it is really education, is that we all get comfortable talking about this. Um, Mm -hmm. As you said, bring it up first. We have a number Mm -hmm. of agents who do that. They go into listing appointments and they say, you've probably heard about these lawsuits. And then they have a really fruitful conversation about it. So I think it's hugely important not to shy away from these kinds of things, but really meet them head on.
0: The problem has been that people have the questions after the fact, and that's what makes people feel uneasy. So going forward, what do you think for the industry? Are we worried about more of these? How is all that going to play out?
1: Well, there are a number of things I think that we need to really be thinking about, one of which is the fact that there are other lawsuits brewing. So because Sitzer Burnett was successful and there's a big dollar payout, Uh, there are others that have been filed in other marketplaces. So it's important to keep that in mind. Now, we're fortunate because we're a member of the Anywhere brands, which is formerly known as Realogy. Uh, And so we are protected from some of these lawsuits because of a settlement that we entered into. Now, all of this is pending on DOJ approval on all of these things. So that's the one thing that we're all kind of waiting to see what happens. Um, it's a little bit of a waiting game at the moment. But yes, there are likely more lawsuits to come. And I think we all just kind of have to keep an eye. But I think the most important thing that any agent can do right now is to understand their value as a buyer agent. The reality is that that a lot of agents have been very good at talking about what they do for sellers Do just as much, sometimes more for buyers. You know, when I think about what everybody's gone through in such a tight inventory market over the last few years, there are agents who have written 10, 20 offers for one client. That means they've done their job 10 or 20 times without it coming to fruition. It's a frustrating experience for both parties, but it's important for people to understand that that agent is really working very, very hard. Uh, So I think a huge piece of it really is helping people understand what buyer agents do, what value they bring to the table. And I'll tell you again, I mentioned in the beginning that my mom and I were talking about this and she's been asking me questions about it. She said to me, I would never buy a property without a buyer agent. She's just too much at stake. Mm-hmm. You know, that is really the bulk of her assets And it's an infrequent, even though my mother has moved many times over the course of her lifetime, it's still a very infrequent transaction. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it involves a lot of things. It involves contracts, negotiating. You know, a lot of people don't enjoy either of those unless you're an attorney. You probably don't enjoy those things. It involves a major financial commitment. I mean, it's just a lot involved in it. So I think we really need to get much better at talking about what we're bringing to the table because it is significant for those who are out there using buyer agents.
0: Yeah, especially in this market, like you said, I'm not saying that the salary agent job is any easier. In fact, it can be more difficult when you're dealing with the high demand and the multiple offers, and like making sure everyone's educated and like making sure you're doing everything correctly. Yep. But when you sign up a listing, especially with, in this market, you know, you, you know, it's very likely to sell. So, you know, right. that you are going to actually get compensated. And that's yep. the tough part about being a buyer agent. They yep. are, like you said, you know, you're literally doing 20 times the work. Yeah, um, Along with, like, imagine as buyers how frustrated you feel. That's how the buyer agent feels. Right. like They're working, their time is not being compensated at all until they're that's able right. to work. Get you what you need, which is under right. a green line think get you your house. So I think that, like you said, it's just a matter of <clears throat> being sure. Again, just transparent, not only with the documentation, just more with the conversation and understanding what that means and what value you're bringing. Because yeah. I'll say, I mean, I've really had a real estate that license since I was 18 years old. I've done like seven to 10 real estate transactions on my own. And I still will call an agent in the market yeah. that I'm looking at and always use somebody to get their yeah. information because you need a, somebody that is specifically looking at that market all the time. Mm-hmm. And you need it to make sure that you're like, I know what I'm doing. And I still want to make sure that most yeah. of our agents, if they're going to sell a property, they have somebody else putting it on. That's right. I have to tell you enough. It's Even real estate agents who know exactly what they're doing, when you're the one doing the actual transaction, when you're the purchaser or you're the buyer, you're usually saying, I know that enough is going to come up or that there's enough at stake here that I would love to just have someone else looking at this or getting it's a very
1: if you think about it, not only is it complicated, it's emotional. So one of the really neat things about working with an agent is you get that arm's length distance from it, right? Which helps you make better decisions. Um, Mm -hmm. Rarely, there are a lot of adages about how emotional decisions aren't necessarily the ones that serve us long-term. So it's really, you're looking for someone to help advise you. And I think, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is some people out there might say, well, why wasn't it clear how people were being paid. Why didn't the agent make that clear? The fact is, when you're in an industry all the time, 24-7, and that's really, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of boundaries in the real estate business. So sometimes it feels like it's 24-7. The reality is that we just assume everybody understands how this works. And I think that's one of the challenges that we've run into is that a lot of agents have said, geez, they know how this works. They've bought and sold homes before. And so I think you know that, that what we've learned is there are a number of consumers. Consumers out there for whom it wasn't clear. And that's where it, we just have to do that piece of it better.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing is, and we might be getting a little too deep into it, but the consumer, the buyer didn't see the cost, right? So a lot right. of them probably didn't think about it because the seller, technically technically speaking, the seller right. pays their agent and their agent splits the cost with it. So the buyer doesn't see that cost come directly from them. Although, that's right. It is a part of the transaction. And yep. that's really, I think, the other thing. I think people from a, like, as a buyer, you might not even ask the question, oh, oh like, are you going to be collecting a fee from me? Well, not directly from you. This is okay. It's not from me. Right. And then all of a sudden at the end, you're like, wait, what, yeah. what was it? So I right. think, like you said, just get out in front of it, explain to people how it works. Yeah, 99% of agents are working so hard. If you just let yeah. somebody in a little bit into what you're doing, um, it's, it is whole hgtv thing it's so funny because i've been in real estate like my entire professional life and people are always like oh i can tell you i've never turned it on i've never watched it i don't know yep. anything about it which is probably bad but it doesn't it does a disservice because we talked about it there we know people i personally literally have spent yep. a lot of time with people that have been on those shows and it's yep. all an act so yep. that's another thing that's a really misrepresented it's where they're looking at people that are already under agreement we both yep. know this and they're walking yes. them through three houses so to the actually
1: room up. Cause I think it's important for people to hear that you, you, if you've never been on one of these shows and you don't know somebody who has, or even if you do, maybe they didn't explain this to you. When you have, when you see a buyer going around and looking at properties on those shows, that buyer has already gone under agreement. Yeah, It's important to know that they already have a property pending. And the reason is because those real estate shows, they're reality shows, and i it's important to put that in quotations because <laughs> obviously they're trying to make it look as though these people are still out there looking. Right. Buying a property can take a long time. And those shows don't want to foot the bill for an entire crew to be following these people around for months and months and months. So what they do is they say... Listen, does anybody have a property that's under agreement? Then they interview those buyers and try to figure out would they be the right people? Then they have the agent show them three properties, one of whom is the one they have under agreement, and then they go through that process. So it's important for people to understand that is not representative. Right. what happens in a real estate transaction it's right. not even close so if you think that agents are just out there showing people three properties putting them one of them under agreement and it's a really fast process and boy they get this huge payday at the end it's just not accurate at all right. i mean it takes it takes a really long time And, you know, it's the same for, for sellers. You know, when you're working with a listing agent, the reality is that, yes, there is a circumstance right now where there are lots of buyers out there looking, but that means the agent has to do their job in a compressed amount of time and dealing with a volume that is not normal, you know, if you look at historically in the market, you're not typically seeing 12 offers. And I was just talking yeah, when you to do somebody. 20 just offers, scoring. that
0: means that 20 separate agent buyer agents are calling that person, asking yes. for updates, asking what else they can do. You're going like That's right. So it is, I think we can we don't need to belabor it. It's just yeah. I think that there's a lot of work that goes into it. And this is just a great reminder for people to Bring it right up, talk about what it is, and make sure that you're being very transparent about the work that you're putting in. And I think that most people do value that, but people aren't stupid. They want the representation. They want the help. It's just about, you know, making sure that you're clear on what that is up front. So that's that's right. Don't assume.
1: Don't assume. People don't apparently there are a number of people out there who just don't understand how it works. So we just need to explain it to them. That's all. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank Thank you. you. Thanks for diving into that with me. Thank
1: you. I appreciate it.